Uh, hi, everyone. I am Julie from Iowa, newly to Iowa, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And before I get started, I want to dedicate this to my uh, loving father, creator, uh, friend, partner, higher power. And I'm praying, my intention is that something I say could be helpful to at least just one person. Um, as I say, I'm Julie C. from Iowa. I'm, uh, I'm a compulsive overeater. I moved here oh, to Iowa six weeks ago. I had been living in, in New York for many years. <clears throat> and um, to, 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 today I'm feeling a lot, uh, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling a lot of anger. And I think this is a good thing because um, so much of my compulsive overeating is um, got to do with covering up anger, not feeling anger, feeling self-hate for feeling anger and, and uh, you know, being told I just didn't have a right to it, you know. Uh, I am a 100-pounder in that um, I was uh, uh, about 310 pounds when I came into the program this last time, 14 years ago. Okay, I can't believe it. I just celebrated by the grace of God. One day at a time, one second at a time, 14 years ago. I can't believe it's 14 years. Uh, anyway, the point is that I was able to uh, drop 120 pounds. But uh, really, th- even though that, you know, that was like most welcome at that time, and mind you, I've kept most of it off by the grace of God. Um, uh, still, you know, a hundred pounds off after all this. Again, only, it's only God that's doing it for me. Um, so what am I saying? I'm saying that, um, this, as I say, I came in in, uh, 2008, really on bloody knees, uh, desperately needing it, wanting it, uh, realizing that, realizing finally after like just, just such thick denial like glacial denial that, you know, the food was killing me. Um, after a year of agonizing pain physically, because uh, I, I, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, most of the time I don't have pain at this point now, um, uh, certainly at that ilk or level. Anyway, the reason I'm angry today is because I was brought up by a mother in particular and a father, both of them, I think, are, were, were classic narcissists in that it wasn't just that they thought mightily, proudly of themselves in a way that maybe wasn't warranted, but that but that that uh, my mother seemed in particular to need to twist the knife. And I mean, I just I just think from the moment I was born, my mother didn't like me. She had said that I was the ugliest baby she ever saw. And when I saw the picture, I thought, hmm, I look cute. You know, even even through the mirage of self-hatred I was feeling. Um, and I'm going to be talking about connecting my role uh, as the scapegoat in the family, the sin eater. That it was my role, for whatever reason, that either to stay alive uh, in that family, that my role was to take the blame for everything, whether it be overtly uh, communicated to me that I was, you know, wrong or the cause of everything wrong in the, in the house, or, um, you know, covertly communicated to me, you know, really from 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 birth. Uh, now, if I wasn't being scapegoated, then I was being completely ignored. I had no existence. I had no needs. 
I had no feelings. I certainly had no anger. I had no love. I, I just was a non-person. I was a thing. And this is, I was brought up sharply yesterday when I went to the pharmacy to try to pick up my uh, prescriptions and I was treated not by one, but by two female uh, 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 pharmacists who didn't even look at me in the eye um, and, uh, um, you know, not terribly well-groomed in terms of keeping the hair clean or anything and just, look, you know, treated me as if I were a criminal didn't know me from Adam, treated me as if I was a criminal and that I did not deserve, you know, what it was I was asking for, which was prescriptions and not to be treated like an animal, right? And, and that's insulting animals. So anyway, I feel that um, my eating early on, I think I think I, I, I even, I used to think the problem stemmed from age five, but I now realize uh, there's a moment caught in time at age four where I was trying to lick the uh, cake, uh, birthday cake. Uh, my mother kept slapping my hand away, and she was just so, so, so cold to me. You know, think of the classic stepmother. I now realize as I'm speaking that this is the way she was to me, you know, and, uh, you know, as I'm speaking, I'm like, you know, hearing, you know, the, 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 the old recorded tapes of like, oh, no, you can't blame your mother, you know, you know, and you were the monster and everything. Anyway, so I think that I ate because uh, to comfort myself from the pain of not having the comfort and the tenderness and the love that we would all hope for and ex- maybe maybe hope for and expect from a, ten- a tender, loving, responsible, uh, uh, caring mother with good boundaries, right? You know, a good enough mother, let's say. But I didn't get that. Many, 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 maybe most of us didn't get that. I mean, I don't know, on these lines. Anyway, the point is that, you know, my mother would tell us all these sad stories about, you know, her, her upbringing. And, you know, see, I, I think one of the reasons I stayed alive, but it also was like a double-edged sword, is I had a special, very sharp empathy. And so um, as long as my mother felt that I was enraptured by her her tales, you know, of woe and suffering, uh, then, 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 then she had an audience, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I don't know. Anyway, the point is that, uh, um, so I, I would, uh, you know, sit and listen to her, but I think unconsciously I took it in that, oh, well, she couldn't help it or life was too hard and, you know, she doesn't really mean it. You know, when you're a little kid, you you just can't, you know, fathom that uh, another human being or that a mother or that somebody, a caregiver that you're relying on for your very survival, not only physically, but, but emotionally, you know, like try to put together, like, who am I, you know, at that at a very young, tender age, you know, of infancy and, and toddlerhood and childhood, you know, it, 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 is out to destroy me, out to, to, to get me, uh, you know, a child cannot fathom this. So then, therefore, uh, this good benevolent woman who feeds me, some you know sometimes right, uh, you know she's the saint and I I am the devil I am the monster, so in order not to uh, face that quote unquote reality I ate to uh, 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 take away the pain, really I think and 
So part of my recovery has been about, I mean, like I noticed, for instance, when I dropped the food immediately, uh, for me, for me, of course, every, every person, every human being in, in a way, you know, is biochemic individual and, and they figure it out with their sponsors and the nutritionists and their higher power. For me, it was that I had to drop all things related to any kind of sweetener of any kind. I also had to let go of flour of any kind and gluten of any kind. And immediately the body, after a horrific physical withdrawal, um, I began to, to heal miraculously physically. Threw away my cane in two months after I became absent. Anyway, the deal was that, uh, of course, all the emotions that had been silenced, right, or or put into somnolescence who had been put to sleep with the eating suddenly came to the surface with a vengeance. And since I had never learned uh, from any example from my mother or any paying attention by my mother, any guidance by my mother, any example by my mother, how to handle emotions, I was a basket case. And, but, and I knew it. And, but I was prepared. See, I had gotten that point of desperation where I knew that if I did not face whatever might come up, whether it be pain or joy, whether it be feeling out of control, whether it feel feeling powerless, that if I didn't take that route, that I was going to die, you know, surely die. Because I figured maybe 18 months, that was the sober reality, you know, that very quietly came to me, that if I did not do this, I was 47 years of age, and if I did not face this, again, I was given the choice. I was not forced into it by my higher power. I was given the choice. Do you want to live? Then this, you know, then you have to be prepared to put up with whatever comes along short-term, uh, relatively to get to a place of like actual health, actual being alive, actual vitality, actual joy in life. So I, I, I made the choice because I said, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. You know, it, it was sobering, very sad, you know, to me. I thought, well, if there's any way I can escape it, I'll do it. Whatever it takes. If they tell me to stand on my head on a cliff and, you know, pose naked in, in, in you know, front of people. I don't care. You know, I'm going to do it because I need to live. I'm desperate. I want to live. I want to live. So uh, these unruly emotions came up. Anger was one. Terror was another. I had six weeks of terror straight through uh, because of my experiences with my father uh, sexually, unfortunately. Uh, and, um, but, but I withstood, I, I think I would have a half hour break here and there, maybe every couple of days, but I was willing to put up at the extremes of, of, of that terror. Uh, and, um, you know, again, I think it was the lower power really, really trying to push me and test me to, to stop with the abstinence. And I did not. And then also the hardship that I was put through in terms of like, that I was willing to, take on, which was doing my fourth step. It took me five years to write my uh, fourth step inventory, not because I was lazy, not because uh, the disease, I allowed the disease to take over, not because I was uh, dil- dil- diligent, whatever, right? It was because every time I would write, I would have a, a precipitous PTSD episode that uh, rendered me incapable of taking care of myself. And so the fact that I would try again three weeks later to write another sentence and then go through another 24-hour, 36-hour, you know, unending hell 
And then three weeks later, I would write another. And the thing is, that's how I got it done. And God gave me a beautiful, beautiful sponsor, five and a half years, until she went to her reward about um, uh, two years ago. Um, she loved me unconditionally. I could say anything to her. She knew everything about me. And it's funny because I wasn't reporting to her bad things that I had been doing or ways that I've been manipulating, you know, bad stuff. I was talking about you know, how guilty I felt really and the pain and the longing and the loneliness of not having a loving mother and feeling undeserving, you know, when people want to care about me and love me. So that's what all this eating was covering up, you see. And in in, in the last days of my eating before I surrendered and said, you know, do or die. Uh, I would, I sat in the restaurant um, in the back booth, which was the only place I could fit, and I would eat a full dinner, man, mind you, a full dinner plus dessert. Do you know that that not only physically my stomach must have stretched so much, but my heart was so empty and feeling unlo- so unloved and so lonely, so isolated, that my stomach registered hunger, starvation. Like they they say that with alcoholics, when the, when, when 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 things are tough, it comes out as thirst, physical thirst. For us as compulsive readers, I think for me it came, you know, stress or suffering or pain or anger or loneliness, abandonment, you know, worthlessness, powerlessness comes out as physical hunger. Uh, you know, uh, I'll I'll see that, and, and it'll happen still. It happened to me today a couple of times, and again because of the recovery that I've been given by God and worked and did the work. Uh, it'll only last a minute or two because I'll be Johnny on the spot. What's going on emotionally? Again, not as an indictment, but as a tenderness. I'd be my own tender, loving mother that I wish I'd had. See, it ain't never too late to 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 be mother. To, to you know to, to 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 go back to childhood, you know, and re- and redo it. You know what I'm saying? You know. Anyway, the point is that here I am. Um, I'm abstinent today by the grace of God. And loving it, loving it. Uh, I also had to make some other adjustments to my food plan and continue to be willing to allow God to do, as it were, the quote-unquote psychic or spiritual surgery on me to remove these these pieces that don't belong to me, the, the pieces that my mother projected onto me. I was a thief, she always called me. I was a lie, compo- what do you call that? Pathological liar, she would say. She used psychological theories that she had no training in and 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 decla- you know, but yet was a, somehow an authority and declared me and my older brother mentally ill and, and you know was gonna put us away in hospitals and she did with my older brother. Uh, I, I barely escaped with my life. Um, she, you know, she tried to kill me at age, uh, I guess, 11, whatever it was, trying to throw me off of a 17-floor balcony. People could hear me screaming from 10 floors below, this big, gigantic, uh, uh, what do you call this, uh, you know, building complex where, again, you're anonymous. You're not, you're, you're number, you don't, and again, but, the, but nobody said anything. You know, we could hear a child screaming, you know, for its life, you know, and just, you know, so the thing is that this is all a lie, right, that I am nobody, that you are nobody, and that might as well eat until I die, you know, eat until oblivion to just blot out the, the unbearableness of, of, Gentle of the reminder, five minutes. Thank left. you so much for the five minute reminder. Thank you so much. Thank you. So with that, 
it's a complete lie that I am alone, that I am separate, that any of us are alone or separate. Complete and entire lie fabrication from the disease, from the lower power, from people uh, uh, who are narcissists and, and are so sadly uh, uh, bereft and empty inside that they need to, uh, and, and so jealous of other people. I, I, in my case, I'm thinking my mother might well have been jealous of me to project all her instead of telling me that I was kind like her or that I was smart like her, she would say that <clears throat> I was evil or that I was a liar. That I was, you know, in other words, all the things that she was either afraid to be, afraid she was or knew she was, oh, no, 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 she could never accept any possible blame or, or responsibility for any character defects. And so she would put it onto me, and I didn't know. I was a child, and I accepted. I, I was a sin eater. I accepted uh, the responsibility for soothing her, making her feel better. Never mind that, that I, I was a person who needed soothing too. So, of course, I ran to the food and an in, inanimate object, which is a form of insanity. But, of course, you know, a child doesn't know that. And if 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 it's never matured, if I've never matured emotionally, I wouldn't know that either. But the point being is the takeaway for me in this is that to be willing, no matter what, to uh, you know stick to it doggedly, persistently, no matter what. Why? Because I'm not looking to comply with the idea of abstinence, physical abstinence. I'm looking for joy. Okay, this, there's no point in doing recovery if there's no joy, if there's no vitality, if there's no feeling of I love life, I belong, my higher power loves me, and I'm not only not an aberration, I am a natural, beautiful uh, offspring of my higher power, and so are all of us. And so therefore, I'd like to give my number now. I'm in Iowa, I'm in Central Standard Time. I do not answer my phone. Unfortunately, you'll have to text me first, and it takes me a while to get back to people, if at all. I hate to say it because I have certain disabilities and so forth. But I hope what I said today is helpful to somebody. Uh, my, again, I'm Julie from Iowa. I am in Central Time. And um, before I give you my number, I remember my very first sponsors told me Back in 1980, this is, you know, other programs, I'm in multiple programs, sending all the help I can get, right? She said, in AA, she says, we say we are sober. We are not somber, you know? And you think about the big book, there's a lot of joy, uh, you know, and levity, you know, um, you know, uh, not foolishness, but, but just true joy and, and, and compassionate understanding and empathy with one another because we are all one. Phone number seven one eight two nine zero three six six zero Central Time Julie C seven one eight two nine zero three six six zero. Thank you very much for letting me share and I pass. God bless you all. Mwah.